river kingdoms are a constantly shifting group of city-states, kingdoms and fiefdoms, rising and falling through the machinations of would-be conquerors, wars, assassinations, games of politics, and dangerous monsters. South of Brevoy sits the Stolen Lands. Stolen from what and when are a matter of some debate. Currently overrun by bandits and monsters. Brevoy seeks to aid in the establishment of new kingdoms, buffer states, run by anyone strong enough and clever enough to carve a kingdom out of the savage wilderness. Caelan Thorne, the mercenary who would be king, believes he is that man. Herein lies his tale of wilderness exploration, monsters, politics, romantic entanglements, ancient gods, and war. Heavy indeed is the head that wears the crown. Sugarfueled Gamers, in association with RPGMP3.com, present Kingmaker, a Paizo Adventure Path. A word to our listeners. This game is often interrupted. Whenever this happens, you'll hear our editor's tone to let you know when a segment of recording has been removed until we resume gaming. Episode 46. Okay. So, when last we left Kaelin a million billion weeks ago? Mm-hmm. Uh, that's right, you had had a death. Svetlana die. Yep. And then a resurrection again. And trials and hangings and all that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Svetlana died. Must have been Tuesday. <laughs> just a casual matter. Faster than you can say, reduced impact of character mortality. <laughs> no, it was pretty upsetting. Um, I have a four-year-old covered in blood in my bedroom. Yeah, so the world's longest kingdom turn first woke up again. Mm-hmm. Svetlana was murdered. Yep. Um, then you went rocking out with um, Corwin. To go explore the lake. You went up and took him to the Shrike Cascade that she was very impressed with. And then you took him and his folding boat down to the lake and he cast Discern Location, the Discern Object or whatever. Locate Object, that's the one. Mm. Uh, locate Object to try and find the other half of the Watcher's Stone. And went, oh, there it is. Mm-hmm. Because it actually transpires. It was, you know, about as far out from the lake as a centaur could swim. Mm. And we... Happened to pick the right bit of the lake to investigate first. Yep. So you went sinking down into it, and you found the stone there, shrouded in darkness at the bottom of the lake, and then there was the dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun music, and out comes the big Elasmosaurus. So we did we already determine it had seen us? Uh, I believe we had determined that... Um, because I have this recollection of us rolling stealth checks and you said the other kind of elasmosaurus would have been sneakier. Like we saw it as it saw us or something like that. Oh yeah, that's right. The um, It didn't get a surprise round. The, the player's like, handbook one gets bonuses to hide in water. Yeah. The Pathfinder one um, does not. I'm using the Pathfinder one. Yeah. Um, so it's just kind of rocking out there. We can... You you and Corwin have absolutely no chance of hiding from it. Yeah. Because you suck. Well, Thank you. <laughs> Alright, roll, roll no, the no, 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 it's, it's perfectly possible. 
Mm-hmm. Go to your left. Yeah, okay. So that's a 34 for it to see you. Yeah, okay, I, I got a 3. Uh, Corwin has a 1. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yes, alright, it sees us. Let's all roll initiative. Huh? Well, no, no, then you need to see if you see it. But we already did, because you already rolled its check, because we we already spotted it. We already oh. made these checks. Alright, so when you are done complaining... <laughs> I'm just trying to get you to remember the checks that we've already rolled. Well, you need to play more regularly then, so I remember how the game works. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's not like it's my fault we all got sick. Alright, Kaelin gets a 12 on his initiative. Mm-hmm. Uh, Corwin on 18. Good stuff. Elasmosaurus uh, kicks both of our butts. Elasmosaurus on 11. Oh, sweet. Plasmosaurus under everybody. Yeah, it's not exactly a, um... It's not exactly a giant... A, um... Gigantic thing, so... Just prop that up over there. This is not particularly complex terrain. It is literally the bottom of flat dark water. The things you have to worry about here are breathing underwater, which you don't. Yep. Fighting underwater, which you do. Yep. And, um, dark vision. Yep, which we have. Yeah, I mean, you're capped at your 60 foot of dark vision, but yeah. it's probably not likely to be a big problem. Yeah, we're probably not going to be so, fighting it further than 60 feet away. That is the ghost stone. Yep. Which you guys are approaching on. And then, dun dun. Yep. You see this Elasmosaurus, and almost as soon as it enters your field of vision, you see it the great sort of Nessie-style monster with big, flat, crushing teeth. Swimming towards you, and it is swimming through the water at you, and you sight it. Yes. Nobody is surprised by anyone. Uh, would you like your gigantic hand of hero points? Uh, yeah, that sounds good. When I say that, I mean Corwin's gigantic hand of hero points. Galen's got five. Mm-hmm. Very good. Has he been hoarding for fake points, has he? Um, you gave him, you gave him one for his awesome speech. Ah, yes, I did too. And I just leveled, so, you know. Five? Yeah. But I kinda like to hang on to them all if I can, because, you know. Well, let's look at Mr. Corwin here for with his seven. Yep. Two, three, four, five, six, seven. He will activate change of destiny, keep that one, and reject all the rest. Ah, nice. That's right, he's got um, he new gets, fey powers. Yeah, his, his fey power that he got from the Queen of Forgotten Time is change of destiny. He can redraw as much of his hand as he wants at the start. Yeah. Um, and he can just give, he can just swap any cards he likes with you. Sweet. That, of course, still won't get you your... Um, it's the paladin, isn't it? It is. The, the trumpet, sorry. The trumpet. Yeah, it still won't get you the trumpet. But it will get him four dexterity cards. Sweet. He's got a con card to go with my con card. But these powers, you, you know, we don't... We, ideally, we want to not spend too many hero points on this fight, because we want to save our hero yeah. points for the big nasty. It's kind of what Corwin brings to the table, though. Yeah. Is, he's put three feats into having a gigantic pile of hero points... And it's it, as much for your benefit as it is for his. Yes, absolutely. And I have called on it many times, not most recently in the, you know, I, I would like the, 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 he didn't have very many left by the end of the, um, 
by when we leveled last time, it was largely because I used them to uh, avoid, you know, instant death at the hands of the Soul Eater. Who is a D6 wisdom? Who is a D6 wisdom? Okay, I, I, I know bad things will happen at zero, and I don't have all that many D6s worth of wisdom. Well, geez, if you're going to complain every time you lose a D6 wisdom... Attribute damage, otherwise the most brutal. Except for being suffocated, of course. <laughs> Less of a problem for Caitlin than it was for Talia. Yeah, has the underwater myriad underwater combat rules in front of me. Yeah, um, can you start me off with um, what weapons don't deal half damage? Is it piercing? Uh, so it is indeed piercing. Cool. So I'll have the last. Everything else is at minus two to hit um, and half damage. Yeah, I won't have it drawn right now, but that's less of a problem. Yep. Yeah. If you, as long as you remain on the bottom of the ocean, you don't need to worry about swimming. Okay. Because the weight of your plate keeps you down well enough that you can just walk across here. Yeah. However, it can move three-dimensionally with ease, so you may may need to as well. Yeah. Depending on what it does with its uh, <clears throat> towering intellect. Yeah, I, I'm not certain if I would have come down here in my plate. I traditionally take it off for swimming. Yeah, well, your pick. Yeah. I think you might have taken it off. I yeah, no, I, I think I I, 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 I took mine off. Corwin kept his on, because he can just swim regardless. Okay. And so, you see this creature swimming towards you. Um, you, between the two of you, you possess no knowledge nature. Yep. Mm-hmm. So... You know about it pretty much what you could intuit looking at it. It's got a giant long neck, a mouthful of very flat teeth. It's a huge dinosaur-like serpentine creature. Yeah. And um, it has a long tail. Yep. And... So, one more question about underwater combat. Yep. Um, you can cut. Ca- can you cast fire spells under the water? Uh, ye- I believe they turn into steam, which damages people. Uh, spells or spell effects with the fire descriptor are ineffective underwater unless the caster makes a spellcraft check. Oh, right, check never mind. Did, what, what spells do you have that have fire on them? Uh, I'm wearing t- a necklace of fireballs. Yeah, it's neither a spell. Um, It's a magic item, though. But non-magical fire doesn't burn underwater, as you'd expect. Um, a supernatural fire effect is effective underwater. Yeah, no, you would not expect that to yeah. work unless you can make the spellcraft check, which I would totally allow you to have a go at. But, yeah, um, no, the young... Um, Caitlin has no reasonable expectation. You know, that, 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 cool, that's fine. Happy to go ahead with Corwin, but I'm yep. also happy to wait if your no, that's okay. convoluted tactical plan involves um, right in some fashion. Because you have water breathing on, you can speak and communicate underwater normally. Cool. No, yeah, that's fine. I'm 
I just don't want to stand in melee with it very much because it's going to have a million attacks, but I don't have a lot of good ranged options. Can you even shoot bows under the water? Uh, yes, but it's a very poor idea. Yeah, that's what I thought. Uh, they take mass, They take increasing... It's a minus two penalty for every five port of water it moves through. Yeah. So if it's right next to you, yes. But um, over there, you're looking at like a negative 20 penalty to hit it or something. Yeah. Which is, is still actually possible because it's got a huge ass. Um, yeah. So if you're not that bad, it's probably only a minus 10 penalty up Yeah, there, no, but that's all right. What you can't do is throw weapons yeah. underwater. So, cool, cool. Aye, aye, well that stone's, aye, well that stone's going to be bloody heavy to get out of here, isn't it? Well, I think we'd best, I think, ah, Phorasma's bloody rivers, what the hell is that? That would be the sea monster. Right, time to do what we do best with sea monsters then. Let's go fishing. Yep. <laughs> uh, he will draw out Nettle Spike, because he See. hasn't taken it out to go hunting for, for um, stones underwater. Yep. Um, then he looks at the thing far away, and says, right, now, I don't name any underwater combat rules, mm-hmm. so give me a moment. Easy done. Alright, I'm guessing if this beastie lives down here in the dark, it probably doesn't like the light any. Lady's light! Cut searing light out. Sweet. That is his ranged option. Yep. Uh, he will hit it with ease, I would imagine. Yep. Touch his ears. Perhaps unsurprisingly, nothing to write home about. Um... And searing light. Uh, 5d8 damage. <laughs> it's hard to argue with. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that is 15. 20, 24. 27 points of damage. Mm. Not a, um. It's because he's gone up a bit. Is it, is it level level boosted? Yeah, he's it's gone one for two cast levels. He's hit, he's hit the um. No, he's only ninth level. He hasn't hit the max level yet. Okay, so twenty three damage then. Uh, Take the last dice back off again. Yep, but still pretty impressive. Yep. Hard to argue with. Okay, and then it is Kalen. Um... And the Elasmosaurus is basically struck by this ray of light that bubbles and turns to steam underwater. Um, and it will, it will sort of flails and splashes in the water. Doesn't say anything, unsurprisingly. Alright. Kalen will 5, 10, 15, 20. Yep. Uh, actually, five, ten, fifteen, twenty. Come forward a bit. Yep. Um, and draw his um lance. Yep. And um, set it ready in action to stab the thing when it comes within range. Yep. Come and get me, beastie. Beastie comes and gets you. Yep. 
It pokes its enormous head out towards you. Oh yeah. Um, utilizing its very impressive twenty foot reach, its yep. long serpentine neck. Okay, so I can't hit it because it's. Uh, if it was hitting you with a weapon, I'd yeah. say not. But it's literally poking its head at you, so you try and stab it in the head. Sweet, so, excellent. Okay, um, in which like you won't regularly be able to engage with it this distance, but if yeah. you're reading actions explicitly against it attacking you. Sweet. Okay, and as it comes in to bite me, I um, I endeavour to smite it. Yep, go for it. It is of course an animal. Did I help me clear this thing out of this lake? Yeah, to keep the people safe. And I get a 25 to hit it. You hit it fairly easily. Sure. Gives me a plus 2 bonus to damage, which is definitely not to be sneezed at. Given my last damage. Uh, So that is... 12 points of last damage. If you can toss me a pencil. Oh no, I've already got a cross off on the smite, so we'll call that one there. <laughs> well, I'll give you a pencil anyway on the off chance that you might take damage at some point. Yeah. Kindly. So, you swing out with the lance and spike it through the neck as its serpentine neck snakes past you, and then those flat teeth come round to try and bite down on you. Yep. Uh, that, I think, will hit with yeah, that's 30 to hit. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what your AC is, remembering that you get natural armor bonuses and things, but I know it's not 30. Yeah, it's... Um... Let me check if that ends up right. Yeah, it's 16. Mm-hmm. Because it's not in the plate. Yep. Uh, for, for 16 points of damage. Yep. Should I take? The flat teeth close on your side... And then they just crush down on you. Yep. And the head stakes away. Yep. And it's Team Corn. Ugh. No, none of that. None of that, you. Get away from him. Ugh. Cuss me stubby dwarfish legs. Yeah. Uh, actually, Corwin thinks he's hard. Corwin just rolls right after him. Hmm? Bloody hell, Corwin's fast. He is. Five. Yep. Ten, fifteen. Yep. Twenty. Yep. Twenty-five. That's thirty-five. Yep. I, I, I'm impressed that he's moved. Has he got boots of striding and springing or something? I thought his movement no, speed was twenty. His movement is twenty. Right. So he moves. And he moves again. Oh right, he's double movement total. Right, he's double moving. I yep. see. Right, badass. So he will move up on it. Uh, he actually won't move that. Close. Yes, he will, because he's deliberately trying to get into it. So he sort of swims, swims slash walks across the sea towards it, taking little hopping strides as he does so. He says, Alright, you ain't the first sea monster I've fought, and you won't be the last. Now come on and have a chew on this. <laughs> and that is him. Okay. Um, he presumably provokes as uh, he, he moves, does it, indeed. moves inside its reach. You are quite right. And it will. Bite down on him, I imagine. Uh, yes, it will. Oh, 
Corwin doesn't seem terribly worried by this. Yeah. He's not Tristan. Uh, nine. Uh, so it's 21 to Corwin. Yep. And he just more or less shakes it off. Yep. Oh, well, time to find out if it's got combat reflexes. Mm-hmm. It does not. Sweet. Then... Can I actually get there? Five... 15, 20, straight in front of Corwin. I can do what if I... Remember, if you're poking it with a lance, you don't need to get all the way up. Oh, yes, to very true. Reach. Okay, so... 5, 10, 15, 20. Close enough to Corwin to provide some support, but yep. not completely adjacent to him. We'll move up and stick it with the lance. Uh, just a regular attack, because I didn't declare it, and that's a 19... 19? Yep. You stab into it, and the lance bends off its rubbery hide. Yep. Natural armor. And there's TMC monster. Yep. Uh, Thoughtfully removed into easier biting, chewing, tail slapping range. TMC monster endeavors to perceive which of the two of you has a lower armor class. TMC monster fails. TMC monster picks at random. One high or low. I'll be high. It snakes its head around and bites at Corwin again. It doesn't seem to use its impressively long tail for anything in combat. Uh, that will miss Corwin. Sweet. Or rather bites down on his full plate and goes om nom nom nom. Yep. And then it's Team Corwin. Yep. Who can five foot into melee with the beastie. He's in melee with it anyway. Remember it's huge. Oh right, okay. Yes, yes, so it is. Yes, I see that now. Yes. Well, I presume, lad, we want to get rid of this thing rather than leaving it down here to chew on whatever we sailors are snacking around here. Aye, that's the general that's the general notion. Well then. Let us see. Let us see then, Mr Sea Monster, what the lady has to say. If your time be up or not. And his eyes go black slightly. Everything has a time, and everything dies. Be this your time. Slay living! Sweet! And the sea monster makes a fortitude save. Yeah. Which... Doesn't Corwin provoke as he casts that spell in, in, inside its melee range? Uh, yes. Sorry, I'm thinking of um, its reach is not your reach. It's yeah. inside of its reach, but it's a natural monster. Yeah. Uh, that being the case, um, he will endeavor to make a concentration check. Yeah. Which he will succeed at. Easily. Yeah, I, I figured he probably could. I just figured yep. he should. He should actually make the check. Yeah, yeah, you're quite right. No, I was thinking of it as having because um, it's got a a super extendable neck. It's yeah. is longer than other creatures. Uh, so I imagine that is not no, not even remotely close. So the he reaches out a hand, glowing with a darkness, and just touches it with a single finger. And the Elasmosaurus racks in pain and goes rah, 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 and splashes through the water. What it doesn't do is roll over on its back and die. Yep. It does, however, get the pass effect of Slay Living. Yep. So it just takes a shitload of damage. Uh, it's not actually enormous. It's basically a, a failed fortitude save kills it. Yeah. Sorry, a failed fortitude save kills it. A pass fortitude save is 3d6 plus Corn's caster level. Yeah. So that is six, eight, nine, 
18 damage. Yeah, on the other hand, if we can hear the damage his two spells have done versus the um, damage that Kaelin's thus done with his yeah, very, very last. That's the joy of um, having that, that, on the other hand, was his fifth little cleric spell for the death. Yeah, yes, fair point. Um, and, um, Actually, technically, he's got his domain spell, which is Ice Storm, which he ain't going to be casting. Yeah, yeah. He knows enough about water to know that ain't a good idea. Yeah, yeah. Well, seeing Kaelin standing next to the mall, so Kaelin appreciates that. It's not so much that as the fact that this chunk of lake will freeze. Oh, right. Yeah, that's not good either. Um, But I also don't want um, ice and bludgeoning damage to rain down on my head, particularly. Pretty sure that's... uh... Oh, no, I'm thinking of Sleet Storm, where you get actual ice. Yeah. That would just be magical hail. Yeah. So that wouldn't really damage everyone in the area. Yeah. Still not, still not a fan. And Kaelin will full attack the beastie. Yep. He's now standing in. Watcha, poke, watcho. And I will use my second smite for the first one. Go for it. That was inferior, but maybe just close enough. Maybe you're getting a bonus to hit on the smites as well. Yes, I am. I've, found, I've got it all written down. Twenty-three. Yep, you had it with ease. Sweet. Alright. Not, not with ease. You but, had it. Oh yeah, that's the main thing. Alright, uh, uh ten damage. Yep. Stable. And then the second one's just the regular. Yep. And the second hit to boot, but but I actually roll a good number this time, which will help. Uh that's twenty-one. Yep, hits it again. Sweet. Oh, and that was the good last damage. Fourteen on that one. Yep. What lax and um, okay, what it lacks in divine grace makes up for in being a much solider blow. And Kaelin goes gab gab. Alrighty, and then it's Elasmosaurus's turn. The Elasmosaurus is now bleeding wildly from several wounds. Um, it being a movie creature, it can of course make noises underwater. Yeah. So it goes. And then bleeding heavily from its wounds, endeavours to swim over the top of the two of you and provokes from both of you as it does so. Sweet, okay. Stabbing commences. Uh, Kaelin will possibly miss 19. Uh, that will just miss. Yep. It's AC 20. Yep. Oh, no, sorry, it's AC 24. It has mobility. Ah, uh, nice. So, it's, it's, so it more. actually moves with a lot of grace as it goes and yep. splashes over the top of you. Uh, Corwin, however, will hit a 26. Very nice. And his undead bane does nothing here. So that is 7. 12 damage to it. Uh, it bleeds horribly as Corwin jabs into it. Yep. Then goes over the top of you, because it can effectively just go up and yep. over. So we'll call that 10 feet. So then... Does it have swim by attack? Alas, it does not. Whoosh. It swims over the top of you. Corwin stabs up it as it goes. You stab up as well, but get a bit of heavily armoured underbelly. Yeah. Um, it lands on the other side of the ghost stone, then wraps its tail around it, um, picks it, picks the ghost stone up, and almost starts trying to use it like a shield and sort of fend you back with it. Okay. It's it's very odd. It's not... You don't know anything about how this behavior 
how, how this creature's behaviour works naturally. But it's hard. But this does look odd. Its tail is clearly able to do this sort of thing. It's yeah. a huge, muscular, long tail. It wraps around the stone and picks it up with ease. Yeah. Yeah, with ease. The thing has yeah. no trouble picking it up. But then it, it sort of holds it in front of you, vaguely like it's wielding a weapon. Yeah. And that is its action. Move to swim over there. Uh, move to pick up the ghost stone. So, um, it's Corwin's... Back to Corwin. Yeah. Ah, well, what do we do about that then? I'm not really keen to go accidentally smashing the thing. No, we'd better be we'd better be careful. Um, can we try and yank it away, maybe? Give it hell, lad. He will step up to you and cast ball strength on you. Oh, cool. Oh, yeah. All right. So that's a plus two to uh, plus four to strength checks. Yes, which plus, is plus two, two to. Uh, to add plus two to attack and damage. Yep. Plus three to damage if it's two handed weapon. Oh, nice. Plus three to damage. Cool. Alright. You don't have um, lots of claws of ogre strength or anything like no, that? No, I don't have any strength. Pass off normally. Yep. Alright, um, so for Kalen's turn, yep. he will double move, grab the thing. Yep. But he doesn't have, because he has to double move to get there, he's essentially entering a tug of war with the thing. He doesn't have an action to. 5, 10, 15. They're all diagonals, is the thing. Uh, let's have a look. So you remember you're at your full movement? Oh, yeah, I forgot that. 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30. Sweet! Okay, that's right. In that case, I will engage in a straight tug of war with the thing. Okay, so you walk up and grab it. Um, because it is holding it. Um, so I will um, sheath my lance as I go, so I've got both arms to yeah. engage in a Lasmosaurus tug of war. So. I don't think we'll call this um, grappling it yet, because you're just trying to grab it. Yeah. But it's effectively no longer an inanimate object, and therefore a foregone conclusion. Can you roll me a touch attack on it? Okay. So a melee attack, basically. Yep, alright. The thing is not exactly dexteriously fencing you with it, but you still have to grab the stone as it moves. Uh, 24, 26. And with effortless ease, as the stone swings by in the water, you grab it with both your arms. Cool. Um, and then we come to the Elasmosaurus, which pulls with all of its might. Yep. Uh, and it is endeavouring to get this thing away from you, so... I'm, I'm tossing between a pose strength and grapple, but... Yeah. You're effectively you're you're not trying to hold on to the Elasmosaurus. No, you? I'm just trying. I'm trying to. I'm trying to. Dis- it's actually kind of. I'm trying to disarm the Elasmosaurus of the stone. That's an excellent way of looking at it. Let's have a look at what disarm entails. It's probably going to be a significant disarm because I don't have any disarm feats. But that is what I'm trying to do. Uh, on the other hand, it would have all sorts of horrible penalties in that this is not an object that it's. Suppose. Designed to be holding, and it's not exactly. A, it's yeah, the not doesn't exactly way. come with hand grips. Yeah, and it's using its tail. No, I, I think disarm is an excellent idea about what I'm looking for. Uh, okay. So, in which case, I would like the chance to disarm it rather than it disarming me. Yep. So let me just have a look at disarm. Yeah, first. no worries. Okay, as a melee attack, you attempt to disarm your opponent. If you do so with a weapon. Okay, so 
I would think you are endeavouring to grab this with your bare hands as yep. opposed to hitting it with the lance. Correct. Which means you'll need to do something with the lance, but because you have quick draw... Yeah, I should use the lance. No problem. Okay. Uh, you... So I will say you are not going to provoke an attack of opportunity from it because you're reaching for the bit that isn't covered in spikes and claws and things. Sweet. Um, at which point we will ignore your previous... Um, your, your yep. previous role to grab it yep. and replace it with this. Uh, so you're making opposed attack rolls okay. with your respective weapons, in your case, an unarmed strike. Yeah, so my base melee attack. Yep. Absolutely. Which is pretty much what it'll be doing as yep. well. Okay, so that was exceedingly poor. I get a um, 16. Okay, so basically as you attempt to grab at it, the Elasmosaurus swings the thing around, you get your hands on it briefly, and then it yanks it out of your grip, which yep. you haven't tightened yet, and pulls it away with ease. Yep. And so it's I still fail. holding it, twirling it in the water above. Yep, so I failed this round, and it can presumably bite me if it wants, because it's holding it with its tail and it's still got its head out. Correct. So your action, you move up to it and attempt to disarm it. Yep. Um, it's action, because you haven't taken the thing, it doesn't need to attempt to disarm you. So it goes back at you, uh, and then it is still bleeding out all over the show. So it is going to back up. Uh, it can carry this thing. And in fact, it is smart enough to do this. So it is going to swim up, and it goes fifty feet up into the air with this thing. Correct. Fifty feet up into the water with the with the watcher stone. Okay, so um, maybe give me a marker, and we can write fifty next to it. Oh yeah, next to. Yeah, the lake's not um, intensely, massively deep at this yeah. point, so there's only be so far it can go. Yeah. Um, and that is its action. It provokes from you, but you, you don't, don't have a weapon out. And you'd need a reach weapon to hit it at that yeah. distance anyway. Yeah, well, if I had a weapon, it would be a reach weapon. But yeah. no, that's all right. So it swims away. Yep. Ugh. Why do these dumb things always run? Huh? They didn't now want, now want to get into a chase with it. If you can think of a way to stop it, I'm all ears. I'm going to try and get the thing off it, but I have to catch it first. Okay. Uh, this is, well, I can blast it, but I don't know if I can blast around the... No, no, don't risk that. Um, yeah, Corn is less inclined to use sound burst on the glass. Yeah, yeah please don't. Um... Does he have any kind of, like, command thingies? Make it stop running away? Uh, he does have command, but it won't work. Ah. It requires the Elasmosaurus to understand what he's saying. Oh, right, okay. And Corwin right. wouldn't have to be very bright to no, assume no. it. His default assumption would be that it won't understand him. Yeah. Uh, bestow curses, touch range. Yeah, this is the problem with being a melee caster. Yeah, yeah. He may just have to get his stump... I mean, he is a good swimmer. He may just have to get his stumpy to all the legs and play and um, try and catch the beastie. Yep, that is indeed what he's going to try and do. He will actually endeavour to make his, I believe, accelerated swimming check. Mm-hmm. Go faster, perhaps. So that is a 19, 36 on a swim check, minus 10 for his armor is 26. 
which will still give him Tino what he needs. Okay, so he swims up and towards it and gets within 10 feet of it. That will get him 40 feet. So he's moving towards you because he's swimming on a diagonal up. Yep, round there's fine. And he's 40 feet, so... Yep, and menacing it with nettle spike, albeit he doesn't get close enough to actually... Yeah, although the theory was we didn't want to stab... No, but he's still got the weapon out. Yeah, but the other one is um, something that occurred to me, which I will... um, If you want to um, try and kill it with a touch again, I don't think that'd break the gem. Because that only works on living creatures. Mm, Very true. You know, as opposed to stabbing it with a big point. I well, I need the bloody thing to stand still so I can get a bit closer to it. Well, oh, see what you can do about it. I'll try and get the gem off it anyway. And over to you. Yep. And I will. Well, first thing is I'm going to try and catch it. Yep. So it's fifty foot up from you. Yeah. So um, how fast can I go in a swim if I make my check? Okay. So a DC ten swim check yep. will move you half your speed. Yep. Um and. A DC 20 swim check will move you all of your speed. Alright, so... Do I have to declare in advance which one I'm doing? Uh, or can I just no, roll the swim check? No, you don't. Okay, I will roll the swim check and see how fast I go. Yep. Um, I'm probably going to be double moving, but I assume the swim check determines what movement I need. Yep. Uh, can you, before you roll that, uh, can you give me a quick cattle animal check? Uh, yes. Uh, 19. Okay. There are other options available to you that possibly haven't occurred to the player. Yeah. will prompt you with is you can, if you want Corwin to poke it with a death touch, you can try and get it to stay still or come to you or not run away or something in that neighborhood. Yeah. By using your social based skills on it, i.e., your handle animal things. Right. So I can try and calm it down. So the cord wave it and go, hey, come down here, beastie. Oh, or look, I'm a shiny, distracting animal object. Right, so I can try and lure it in? Yeah, theoretically you could try and calm it down, but that would be a very hard handle out right. object. But, but I could... Getting it to stay where it is or luring it towards you should be easier. Okay, no, that, that's cool, I like that. Alright, so instead of making the swimming check... You could also use Intimidate for this, but I'd penalise it more. Yeah, no, I've, I've got moderate handle animal. So um, what I'm looking for here is a... Um, you know, I'm wounded and laying on the floor and he's scary thing. You yep. should come down and eat me and, you know, run away from him, which will bring it back down sort of toward yep. keep uh, it. You will also recognise that it's, um, uh, actually with that handle animal check, you will also recognise it's in a lot of pain. It's near to running out of hit points and being killed. Yeah. Um, a normal animal would have turned and bolted at this stage, but this one seems to be sticking around the ghost stone for some reason. Yep. Okay, so um, what I'm looking for is a handle animal check to get it to come back down instead of continuing to go up. Yep. To make it easier for Corwin to touch it. Yep. So um, I'm endeavouring to do that by Kaelin yep. sort of going... Uh, yeah. uh, oh no, I'm floating here like a dead fish. Yeah. Okay, however, Kaelin cannot roll for shit tonight. Um, that is a meagre 11. Okay, so... You are not commanding it to perform a task it knows. You are not pushing it precisely. Um, no, you will need a DC 15 on that. Yeah, so I'll have another try. 
Okay. If, uh, you know, next turn, because that was a standard action. Right. Okay. It. Um, however, I still got a move action. Yep. Um, on the other hand, uh, what is handling animals? Handling animals are move action, so you can't do it again. Oh, sweet. Okay, yes. I will totally do it again. There we go. 18. So you float back in the water and do yep. float up a bit and breathe out and let out some large bubbles yep. to indicate that you're dead, and it doesn't seem to be moving on you, and then you realize perhaps this will work better if you indicate that you're dying yep. and you start flashing the wow around. Yep. Um, your check is not enough to actually bring it to you, yeah. but it is enough to prevent it going away from you. Yeah. It sort of looks down at you indecisively and, and turns in the water and its head snakes a little down towards you. It doesn't actually move out of core threaten range and provoke, but um, it is not going anywhere this round. Sweet. Well, that's an achievement. Then back to it. Yep. Uh, seeing delicious edible prey dying below, yep. it is no longer prepared to just abandon the battlefield. Yeah. It turns around and endeavors to bite Corwin, which yep. still looks very healthy. And bites him with contemptuous ease. Ding. Twenty-six. And Corwin will actually notice that one as he goes, yep. Ah! Ow! <laughs> Bloody bestie. <laughs> and then we come back round to Corwin. Yep. Who all my all my hope is in him. Nay lad. Nay, nay bestie. You put up a good nay bestie, you put up a good fight. But your mistake was getting distracted by the lad. Don't worry, it's easy enough to do. I've done it myself a time or two. Mm-hmm. But I'm afraid you're only delaying your death. At this point, it's just inevitable. I can hear my lady's voice calling to you. Let it go, lad. Let it go, beastie. It's not such a terrible thing. Go wherever beasties go. And he will reach out and use death touch on it. And he touches it with contemptuous ease and it dies. Yep. <laughs> he cannot possibly deal enough damage. Or he deals it, he rolls 9d6 and compares it to its current hit points. On all ones, it dies. Yep. <laughs> so he reaches out, touches the thing, and it just Unlike the slave living, there's no violent electrical touch or anything here. He just puts a hand on it, and the Elasmosaurus just goes limp. And lets go of the ghost stone, which starts gently descending to the bottom. Because and you're underwater, Kaelin can swim up and catch it with ease. Yep. There's, there's no risk of it falling faster than you can yeah. catch it at this point. Uh, the Elasmosaurus dies. Yep. Um... At which point, something that you are probably not expecting to happen occurs. Yep. Uh, and can you give me a survival check? Uh, good lord, now I roll well. 27. Okay. So, you see what happens here. Um, the Elasmosaurus, it, it, fall, it collapses dead for a moment, and as its body, as its corpse starts sinking, sinks heavily towards the bottom of the ocean bottom of the lake, poof, touches the sand, turns into moonbeams, and which disappear up out of the lake and back into the sky. Huh. And it's it's gone, leaving an indent to indicate something was here, but that was not a, an ordinary animal. It was some kind of magical creature. 
Huh. Uh, and it quite, you're quite sure what it turns into is explicitly moonbeams. Yeah. It's that colour of light. Some kind of sensual magic. Gotta be. Uh, and if you so desire, you can give me a intelligence check. Uh, 23. Well, Corwin don't know nothing about nothing. He says, I. What manner of beastie was that? Do they usually do that? In my experience, most sea monsters leave a nice big corpse you can have an eat on. And... And you're looking at it and thinking... And you've, you've actually seen a weird, weirdly behaving creature as a sort of guardian of air in these lands. And you've seen a weirdly behaving creature as a guardian of earth in the giant black rock and, um... The... What was his name? Uh, Kankarata. The, yeah. The bullet. And this is a weirdly behaving giant water creature. Oh, crud, we shouldn't have killed it. On the other hand, the centaur has told you nothing about it whatsoever. True. Um, or, and in fact, your assessment is they have no idea it's here. Right. Okay, but... Um, if it was supposed to be fulfilling some function, it's been lost to them. Yeah, okay. Oh, well... Kaelin feels vaguely guilty at that point. And you're pretty sure this is what would have happened to the other two as well? If if, the, if, if I killed, killed it, the... it would have turned into moonbeams and disappeared. Yeah. Yeah, well, I couldn't have known. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and I think it's some sort of guardian animal. I think it was some sort of guardian animal, like the rock and the, and the bullet. I suppose that would make a sort of sense. But the centaurs didn't say nothing about it. I don't think they knew it was down here. No. So, so I guess they won't be pissed about us killing it then. Well, why don't we just why don't we just not tell them? Seems like, Seems a plan. like the easiest way. Yeah. Oh well, let's get this thing to the surface and back onto the boat, eh? It, it also makes you wonder if at some point there was supposed to be some sort of um, there was the test of above, the test of between, the test of below. And you wonder if at some point there was supposed to be a test of the deep or something of that kind, but it's just been lost to their history. Yeah. Because the history is, you'll, you'll have noticed this, the history is largely word of mouth, when, particularly when it comes to their traditions and their secret hidden legends. They do actually write information down. Yeah, but it's, it's certainly possible things could get lost. But um, that thing didn't seem to be striking deliberately lightly or anything. It, it didn't seem to behave like the rock or the bullet. No. On the other hand, you, you haven't approached it in what you would guess to be anything remotely near the correct ritual. Of manner. course, yeah. yeah. At this point, you're just a guy in a lake stealing a doofloppy. And yeah. its purpose clearly can't have been to defend the Watcher's Stone because it wasn't there. Here. Because it wasn't here, yeah. So, who knows? It may, and it's always possible that, you know, with no one doing its ritual front deed long, there isn't a correct way to approach it anymore or anything of that nature. Yeah. Yeah, no, okay. Kellen's a little upset, but not very upset, huh? Alrighty, and we will take the rock and swim for the surface. Yep. Kellen yeah. will take advantage of his bull strength while he's got it. Yep. You haul, this, you haul this crap out of here with ease. Yeah. Um, you are effortlessly strong enough to pick the Watcher's Stone up and yeah. swim with it. Yeah. It doesn't encumber you any worse than your full plate would, so yeah. and you're no longer... Um, what is your swim bonus? Uh, 13. Right. 
you can do this trivially. Yeah. Even with the minus 10 for your now heavy full plate load, yeah. you still can take 10 and achieve the 10 difficulty with ease. Yeah. So Caitlin swims out. Um, as you get up, you climb back aboard the boat. And can you both give me spot checks? Uh, 19. Okay. And you start sailing the... Well, depending on what you want to do at this point. You want to take the watch of stone back to its pedestal. Yep. So you start turning the boat around and sailing it back to shore. Uh, As you do so, Kaelin will sight a big, black, huge-sized shape coming up, coming up, going under the boat and moving in front of it. Right. Underwater. Okay. So it's gone, it's come from behind and from below, it's gone under you and it's about to breach in front of you. Okay. So I will call out a warning. Go on, ah, ah, pulls on the ropes. Yeah. And an elasmosaurus sticks its head out of the water. Okay. Um, you succeed on the spot check, it's the same elasmosaurus. Right, okay. It looks completely unharmed. Okay. That's a problem. Um, it rears its head up. It's, it's like exactly the same creature, the yeah. same way it looks before you started stabbing it. It rears up, it rears its head back at you and goes, <coughs> and spits out two black, stinking lumps of something from its throat onto the surface of, onto the deck of your boat, and then disappears back underwater again. You have ample opportunity to shoot it again if you so choose. Yeah, no. In the absence of no. that, it goes, <coughs> Hawks two stinking black lumps of something up and then goes underwater again. I will go over and look at the stinking black lumps. Yep. I didn't say I was touching them, <laughs> I'm looking at them. Uh, you are welcome to roll me your applicable black stinking lump skill. Uh, um, um, untrained craft alchemy? Uh, no, actually, I will take survival or heal. Sweet, well, I'll, I'll roll survival, I actually have survival. Uh... 21. Okay. Um, you think these are gizzard stones, which you've come across in other creatures. You, the player, know what a gizzard stone is? They're little stones that they use to help with. They, they swallow them. Yeah, essentially, they're help. Ver- various creatures swallow... They're not little stones in this yeah. thing's case. They're the size of your fist with ease. Yeah. Um, and they grind down the material it's eating. Um in this case, however, that you're pretty sure that's what these are, but in this case there seems to be something quite wrong with them. Um, they are black and oozy. They smell like rotten fish. Yeah. Um, and as you sort of tap them with a with the hilt of a sword or something, or in fact you've got gauntlets in hand, yeah. so poke, 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 um, it sort of cracks and comes apart. It doesn't look like it's valuable or anything. Yeah. Uh, you think, looking at this, like, the other creature, the, the Black Rock gave you something. yeah. As did this one, but you think this might be the you failed marker as opposed to the you succeeded marker. Right, yeah. You, you didn't do You did the test wrong because you killed the Elasmosaurus. Right. Okay, fair enough. Um, and thus you will never be an honorary centaur or something. Yeah. Alright, at that point I think, um, I probably, you know, given that the other... Huh. So maybe the rock would have come back if we had killed it. I think we failed the test of the deep lake. Let me chisel this, these things off the deck. Yeah. This is actually quite an unpleasant job. They yeah. stink like week old, like three week old fish, and they yeah. stick to everything. Yeah, but you know, Cameron's done unpleasant jobs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
it is it is also not heinously difficult. So yeah. by the time Corwin gets the boat back into shore, yeah, Caelan has uh, has the appropriate amount of washing. Well done, sailing. Boat folds up, goes back in his pocket. He looks really chuffed with himself. Yeah. All right, lad. What you say we take turns carrying this big heavy stick back up to where it belongs? All right. Let's get it. Let's get it into the right place, and then we can figure out what to do from there. Okay. You carry it back up to. Um, well, actually, depending on how you want to do this, um, if you are heading to the, depends on how you want to do it. The the quickest route is actually across like Silver Step, given that you have a boat. Right. Yeah. Um, on the other hand, that does run the risk of sinking the Ghost Stone back to the bottom, the Watcher Stone back to the bottom. Again. Yeah, I think we'll just walk around. Okay, you walk around. Yeah. And when you you take it back into that area, and there's that. That feeling on the back of your neck again, as if you're being watched. Like, there are things behind every bush. It's just generally this unpleasant feeling. It makes you slightly paranoid and slightly sick to your stomach. Not enough to actually put you out or anything, but you understand every time you come through these areas what the centaurs mean when they say it's blighted. And you return to the Watcher's Stone. Yes. Where half of it is sitting up in the big elaborate um, magnifying glass type setup. And put the other half in. Yep. And it clicks into place perfectly as if it hasn't been chipped or broken at all. Um, there is still the large crack down the middle. Um, and both halves still look like stone as opposed to glass. But it fits in perfectly. Screws back into place. No problem. So it- so does it look like it needs to be fixed? Like maybe make whole or something? You're not sure. There is the ritual on the thing here. Um, but that's to that's use... That's to activate it. That's to use the thing, yeah. Yeah, yeah it was. I well, I'm not exactly a master craftsman, but I don't think that big crack down the middle is doing any good. I can put it back together tomorrow. Seems like a good idea. Or, in fact, you actually can, because you actually have craft jewellery, don't you? I do. It's a glass thing. Right, so sweet. It's like it's it's a big thing. This will take you several hours of work, but it's like setting a stone into a ring, albeit one sized for a colossus. Cool, I would love to do that. Yeah, so cool. Looks like, I, I remember them. I remember Jod going on about this somewhere. Uh, there's some sort of spell I can muster that will put it back together, but it's not the sort of thing I pants around with regularly. It'll have to wait until tomorrow. I guess we've got no choice but to wait. Nay, I I think I might be able to mend it, but it's going to take a while. And um, Kaelin will dig out his very small jewellery tools and take a look at it. Um, better be bloody careful, too. We've only got one of these. So, um, basically, I want to, like, take... Oh, 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 20. Yeah. Do it until you roll a one and break it. Yeah. I, I, I want to be extra careful, yeah, essentially. Yeah. Take a penalty to take longer. Yep. Aye. Alright, well, let me know if you need anything else. Yeah. If not, he sort of sits down in the yeah. sun. Yeah. His head folds his head back and will actually sort of nod off to sleep. Yeah. Um, not five minutes later, he sits bolt upright again. Huh! <laughs> Colin, you okay? Kaelin has at this point fashioned himself a sort of stool and is fiddling around with the very top. Yeah, uh, shut me eyes and had a dream about 
ridiculous crawling the way out of a grave or something. Seems ominous. Bit troubled by that, actually. Never mind. And he'll stop, sit down, you know, actually have a drink of water, that sort of thing. He appears to be fine. Um, and you continue to work on this. Um, after You're expecting this to take you a good couple of hours. Yeah. Corwin eventually goes back to sleep, and the same thing happens again. Every time he goes to sleep, he has a nightmare that he can't really recall about dying or coming out of his grave or into his grave or something in that neighbourhood. Have we actually slept in a blighted hex before? No, you have not. Uh, Corwin, I, I, you know this, you can feel it when you come in, I, this, this place is evil. I think maybe it's safer not to sleep around here. I, you, you think it's, it's I, either I, don't, that... I don't remember it, it sort of faded like a dream, but it was, well, I, I'm pretty sure I was supposed to be dead, but I wasn't at rest, I just, I kept going on afterwards. Well, let like those damn things that they, like those damn things this Vortigai's raised up to keep doing his bidding. I, I, I think you're right, lad. I don't think I'll be sleeping here. I think we we won't make camp in any of these blighted areas. He tips his water skin over his head to wake up a bit. Yeah, it's um the only two things I can think of is it's either that or um your lady's trying to tell us something about um something terrible that's going to happen in the near future. So. I hope it's the first one and we just shouldn't sleep around here. Uh, anyways, this is gonna, still going to take a bit. Right. Well, I guess I'll... Uh, well, I'll, I'll make myself busy. <laughs> yeah. Catch some fish or something. <laughs> if we should eat... Actually, maybe not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you are also in mountainous hex here. Ah, so uh, Yes. Not a lot of fish. So yeah, Corwin is bored for a couple of hours because he's a lousy hunter. Yeah. Because he can't sneak up on shit. Yeah. Um, he, what he actually does is he eventually gets his gear out and sort of sharpens his weapons and polishes his armor and that sort of thing. So um, you will actually get a sense mode check here. Uh, Twenty. Okay. So you'll notice a couple of things, one of which is that Corwin doesn't really have any hobbies, unlike all three of the other people you travel with. Yeah. You know, Bryn would be hunting, Tristan would be digging out one of about 15 different books. Yeah. Michaela would be, you know, writing notes or thinking about something. And she does, I mean, the wine tasting's not portable, but she's an alcohol connoisseur as well. Um, But Corwin does almost nothing. He he gets his armour and weapons ready. Um then in the absence of that starts doing sort of push-ups and sit-ups and that kind of thing, you know, running around the circle. Um, it, it actually occurs to you that you've never actually seen him do anything of what you'd call a real hobby. Yeah. He, he certainly enjoyed the sailing, and he does do the odd bit of fishing, neither of which is terribly applicable up here. Yeah. But he, it's like he isn't equipped for this. He hasn't bought books or whittling or anything of the sort. Yeah. Whereas Kaylin pretty much has the craft jewellery made yeah, yeah, for the, exactly this kind of thing. This is, and Kaylin would spend, Kaylin actually spends a lot of time looking after his armour and weapons and horse and stuff as well, that, that kind of take, and you know, he'll play cards or drink or whatever as well. Um, the second thing you will pick up is he doesn't seem terribly disturbed from his nightmares. Um, it's not as if they've left some massive scar on him or physically wounded him in any meaningful way. It's just he had a bad dream. 
and had the same bad dream twice, and he doesn't quite remember it enough to stick with him. But you'll notice, you know, he, he looks uncomfortable about it. He definitely doesn't want to go back to sleep. And the impression that you actually get off it is not that he just had a generic nightmare. It's that he had his nightmare. He had the night. He had a nightmare that he has that he's had before. No, um, as in it, this it, is something that he personally would consider a nightmarish scenario. He had a he had a worse fear nightmare. Yeah. Oh, yes. That's exactly what he had. He had a worse fear nightmare. He right. doesn't remember much of the specifics. He said he was you know in his grave. Yeah. He wasn't at peace. Yeah. Um. So he clearly hasn't had a vivid dream experience like what you had, but it's something specific to him. Yeah. He's had his worst fear nightmare as opposed to just a generic fearful nightmare. Yeah. So what if if this is an effect of this land, what Kalen would dream about might well be something quite different. That would be your your guess. But it seems a lot like what happened to us at Candlemere. Possibly, yeah. Because we had that's not quite the kind of nightmares that we had at Candlemere. We yeah, had you, bad you had, dreams at you Candlemere. You had much more vivid... Yeah, the thing is, around Candlemere... That's what I was thinking of. What you had was bad dreams that you couldn't shake and couldn't quite um, remember. Yeah. Just that they were sort of bad. Yeah, not so much the waking visions thing that we had when we were actually in Candlemere interacting with the portal, but yeah. the um, those um, early ones. Precisely. Yes, so I will talk to Corwin about this a bit. Um, as um, I think the um, this place might be like you, you remember what the outside of Candlemere was like, right? Where we had those weird dreams about people dying and the like. I think this might be the same kind of thing. But um, yeah, I think I I don't think it'd be the same dream for everyone. I think it's. Probably something, some, something that scares you particularly. Like mine wouldn't be the same. Can't yeah. say I'm eager to go to sleep and find if, out. If you want to indulge your curiosity, I can wake you after after a few minutes. But uh, I didn't know that I recommend it. Nay, nay, I'd, I'd prefer not to. Mordecai's had quite enough shots at me already. I'd prefer not to give him a free one. All right, and so. As you sort of have this conversation, Caelan works on getting basically his glass sealant out. Yeah. And what's sort of the equivalent of like a little, it's, it's the equivalent of sort of a very little welding torch. Yeah. It's a little heat making device that you use yeah. to weld the glass together. And you weld it with a crack. And after a couple of hours of doing this, it looks pretty seamless. So um, the material welds like glass, looks like stone, functions like glass. Yep. So when you put the weld down the middle, it looks like it's stone, but you smooth it out at the edges and all that sort of thing, and it looks seamless at this point. Cool. Okay. Question is, what we do now? So you know Michaela looked at this thing. Um, there is a ritual on it to activate it, which is literally the instructions are written on the tin. Um, Akora Silverfire said she could activate this. Um, Michaela also thought she could activate it yeah. just by enacting the ritual. Uh, and theoretically, anyone who can make an old religion check can do it. Which includes Corwin, sort of. Yeah. Not very well. Um, Alright. I've got their one rank. I think... Um... I can tell a skeleton from a zombie. 
That's we, what it's for. We we need a plan. We need a plan here. The if we got Akura down here, we could potentially activate this thing and find a way into Mordecai's lands. But I'm thinking that's not something we want to do until we're ready to to go fight him. No sense giving him advance notice that we're coming in. I well, as I understand it, we'd be able to see his island through this thing, walk onto it. Yeah, because if we don't, apparently we when we poke around down there, it, it's it's like it isn't really there. Well, he sort of looks at the things. I mean, this looks mostly like mumbo-jumbo, but I, I could guess I could have a crack at it. That I'd rather the centaur... The centaur I mean, Michaela thought she could uh, busk it as well, but I'd rather the centaurs do it. it but um, I'm not... I'd rather... Um, if we're going to go fight Vordekai, I'd rather get our supplies together and the like beforehand, make, make some preparations. Well... What you want? What you want to do? What do you want to do now, then, lad? I mean, is is suppose the island's just down there because this is set up at a viewing angle where you can literally see the river. Where yeah. it's supposed to be. Um, he says we can go down and have a pokey around without finding it and see what else is there. We can head elsewhere in the land, or we can head back for home. Choice is yours, lad. I think. Um, let's go have. Let's go. We're um waiting around in the muck as it is. Let's go um have a poke around. Of- of his land, see what's there, lull him into a false sense of security, maybe to see him us poking around when we can't get in. Let's have a scout of the terrain. Oh, incidentally, um, this this never came up at all. But um, if you'd gone poking around Varnhold extensively with Corwin, because Vortica is spying on you through his raven, and he has to know your name to send the Soul Eater after you. If you'd gone with Corwin for long enough periods of time, then you'd have had to send it after Corwin instead, because Corwin never calls you by name. Oh, he just always calls you lad. <laughs> Shiny. I had actually thought about that one, because the sidebar it's got, you know, it only works if the PCs call each other by name in front of the record. Yeah. Okay, so where do you want to go? Um, can I have my map? Yes, you certainly may. I am gazing at it and thinking what a fabulous map it is, but it will probably be as useful to you as it is to me. Um, so right now, where is the watcher's stunt? Right, so we're in um, E8. D8. D8. Um, and we want to go into um, E9. Well, that seems pretty straightforward. Do you want to just, just take your map and tell me, is D9 blighted? Uh, yes. Yes? thought so. I've got um, D8 is blighted, D9 is blighted, um, yep, E9 I, is blighted, yeah, I make every, F9 I, is I make blighted. every hex surrounding that one. Uh, no, I've got not the... Um, not... Uh, hang on, have I done that wrong? Do you want me to have a look? Yeah. Um, the the That's 9 me. one... Um, That's me thing. Oh, yeah, it looks, sorry, it looks like D9 isn't blighted. Right, okay. Yeah, no, sorry, I was looking at the wrong one when I was telling you it was. So my information was correct, but the lies. The yeah. lies. I wasn't trying to be tricky, I was just looking at the wrong hit. No, that's why I see that. Yeah, no, the... Um, yeah, so that is, your information matches mine. Yeah, so... So, yes, um, want to go down and explore E9 at this point. Thank you. 
69. That would be Vortex Island. And yeah, as this is mountains, if we can explore it, it's going to be six days of exploration. go down towards it, um, straight down from the ghost zone. So that is a good bit of mountain climbing to get down there in the yeah. first place. But that's doable. Um, and are you planning on fully exploring the X? That is my plan, yes. Okay. So you explore a bit of mountain, and then of course, you know, night falls, and you go and watch and go to sleep. Yep, I will try going to sleep. And uh, can you and Corwin both give me fortitude saves? Uh, 25. Okay, so you pass a pretty ill night's sleep. Um, it's, Corwin really only snapped awake because he was pretty much just napping yeah. idly in the sun. When, when you try to go to sleep properly, you go to sleep no problem. But you have a very disturbed night. When you wake up, you've thrashed around all over the place. You've, you've smushed your bedclothes from one side of the tent to the other, that kind of thing. And you wake up with this vague, half-remembered dream in the back of your head that you'd gone home, but the castle was the castle was burning. The the room where Bryn. And the baby, you know, the baby now being born and living yeah. in its own little cot room, that that was that was burning too. They they were dying, and you couldn't get to them. Yeah, that's a pretty sad call. This is not a dream you have big, deep, vivid recollections of. Yeah, it's just you. You wake up with that sort of oh crap, what, God, that was an awful dream. What was happening? That Bryn was was dying, and and the baby was in danger. I think there was a fire or something. It's it's slipping away from you. You do not feel terribly well rested. You're fine. Passing your fortitude save means you're not. The lack of the the poor night of sleep doesn't impair your function in any way. But you still have that nightmare. And Corwin experiences the same thing. He has the same nightmare again. Corwin. Right. You know how we see in the dark. Right. It normally takes six days to um, explore this hex, <laughs> explore this la- explore this bit of land. What say we just do it in three? All right, lad. I think you've got a point there. I know we'll be pretty tired afterwards, but you and me, we're tough, and I I don't fancy another light like that one. Because if we're not going to sleep, yeah, yeah, it's hard to argue with. And we'll have to rest the horse periodically, and probably we'll have periods of rest, yeah. but we won't sleep per se. We'll just have a rest and then keep going, have a rest and then keep going. Uh, can you give me a quick handle animal check, too? Uh, 17. No, 27. Okay, you will notice the horses are having nightmares, too. Yeah. They go to sleep, and they sort of twitch, and and when they wake up, you know, they look round, and their hearts are beating a little faster, they're a little bit stressed. They're by no stretch of imagination dying or anything like that. Yeah. But the effect is happening to everything in here. Yeah. 
Heaven only knows what the horse is having nightmares about. But... Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yes, born a hardcore. I think I think my one's broken. It's <laughs> I told you to buy me the good one. They're having bad. The horses having bad dreams too. What do a horse have dreams about? Lions. I suppose that makes a certain kind of sense. I don't know. Whatever kind of. They're those big sluggy wolves. things. Wolves. Aye, yeah, that would make sense. I've been chewed on a few wee times. So yes, exploring the hex, sleeping for sissies. (laughs) And so, you move down through this hex, um, probably most interested in what's heading towards where you think Mordecai's Island is. Yeah. And what you find, if I haven't already drawn it in for you, the river goes through here. Yep. You have, you, you've drawn it. I, I've got the river. Where does it go to? Uh, straight out the other side again. Yep. Okay. Across the bottom, whirling up slightly and then out the other side. Yep. Okay. So straight, semi-straight west-to-east flow. Yep. Um, oh, that was the other one too, was... um. You went into... You've explored D9, have you? Uh, the... The one that is directly east of the one? Uh, yes, the one that the isn't evil. Yes, and found the cave with the good minerals. Yep, you were looking to... I think you were looking to take Corwin back there. I can't remember. Oh, right, yes, to take a look at the place. Yes. Yeah, just given you've gone here. Yeah, I think um, what we'll do is head out that way. Yep. And then, like, have a really big sleep, because yep, it's yep. not evil. Yeah, I'm just reminding you... Um... Yeah, yeah, no, that's a good point. I forgot to write that one down. Okay, so... You spend basically sort of a day and most of a night exploring Dull Mountain around the top. Yeah. Um, and around the midpoint of the river, um, what you find is a sort of river crossing itself. So there is a big limestone cliff overlooking this river. Um, and then across the side, sorry, there's a big limestone cliff coming in from the, from the, from the mine side. Um, and the water gushes down into this big pool of sort of black, frothing water. It um, looks a little odd and discoloured. Like, it's it's black. It's, it's much blacker than you expect, rather than the more pure blue that's flowing into it from the other way. Um, and in the centre of this pool of water beneath the waterfall... There is this huge, big limestone pillar poking up of stone. Um, it looks massively weathered. If there were any actual details of any kind on it, they have long since been erased by time, wind, and water. But there was clearly some big, big pillar here signifying something at some point long ago. But given that you, you know, Vorticai's 10,000 years ago, uh, yeah, yeah, long time. compellingly surprise you. Um, and nope, you may actually find that. Can you give me a survival check? Uh, 19. Nope. Moving hastily along. Um, that heads down to the river. Um, there are a number of bird... You, what you will actually pick up there is along the cliff faces and things around here, 
there are dozens and dozens and dozens, possibly hundreds of birds' nests around, little nooks and crannies and on the cliff. No birds. Yeah. Hmm? Like, they've all just flow in the cove, as it were. Yeah. Abandoned the area. Um, and then around here, the river sort of bulges out in one large location. But there is nothing in the middle of it. You and Corwin actually take the boat out to, and this is about, this is about the point where the Watcher's Stone looks down on. You get in the boat, you sail out, and you just sail across some perfectly normal water. Yeah. There's that feeling on the back of your neck all yeah. throughout this hex, but there's nothing there. There's no physical islands to touch. There's nothing to see. Um. And what you will see is going out the other side of this, um, the river flows along next to, this is now heading east into the next hex. Yeah. Um, it actually starts opening out into a valley that accesses this area fairly easily. You've come upon it the hard way, climbing down the mountains. Yeah. There's actually a big valley heading into it from the other direction, which you're now at the very back end of. Right, yeah. And you do not, whilst you feel very uncomfortable here, you do not actually find anything. Yep. And I mean anything, there are no living creatures in this hex. Lovely. Okay, so that's, um, I'm going to call that six days, because, well, you only spend about four days exploring it. Yeah. We then spend a couple of days sleeping out the other side to catch back up, or at least a day or so. So... Yeah, and then you more or less get on the boat and take the fastest way out back up the river. Yep. <laughs> to the, um, the... Assuming you want to head back to the mine and not explore the valley east. Um... By the way, really, the river runs in both directions. Yeah, yeah. It's... And given it's a folding boat, you have no trouble with the waterfalls, you get out, you yeah. put the boat in your pocket, you climb up. I think, um, at this point, having done the no sleeping thing already, we probably just want to head back. Yep. Head back and get some rest. Okay. Because we can just, if we want an easy route in, we can just as easily take the boat down the river from the yeah. from D9. And you will actually find, as long as you are travelling along the place that the river goes through, the boat is actually a really quick way of getting there. Yeah, because we've got a river all the way back into El- yes. We can just take the river it all the way back. It takes you straight to Lakeview. Yeah, sweet. So, um, yeah, we'll, but first I'll stop off and show, once we've had some sleep, stop off and show Cole in the, um, the shiny mineral cave. He says, I, I'll, have a look at it. I'll have a look at it for you, lad. Goes in. And looks it over and makes his profession minor check. Which he will succeed on with ease because that's why he has plus 11 to profession minor. Hey! Um, looks at this. Well, that's iron, lad. And quality iron, too. Big, deep, rich vein of it. I'm guessing you could extract this for many years and never quite hit the bottom. I mean... Iron's not exactly what you might call the most valuable material, but this is good quality stuff, and I guess there's a very deep, very rich vein of it here. Steel for armor, horseshoes, weapons, roofs, that sort of thing. Whatever you want to build out of it. I'm betting old Vaughn didn't know this was down here. Or he'd have been or he'd have claimed this, no sweat. Uh, well, if we can get him back, we can tell him. Good stuff, thank you. Like it is actually a tucked away cave that you had to go poking around and find. Yeah, yeah. As if I recall, you actually had to make some sort of check in the first place. Yeah. 
to get there's metal of some kind here that might yeah. be valuable. Get somebody who knows what the fuck they're doing to look at it. Yep. But yes, this is this is a resource text, effectively. Excellent. Contains an incredibly rich vein of iron ore. Nice. Could be a valuable resource for any kingdom that claims this hex. Yeah. Module. Yeah. It, it, it. Well, you know, I'm certainly telling Vard about that. Mm-hmm. But for now, we take the boat. We take the boat straight straight west. Yep. You arrive in Lakeview very quickly. This will only take you a couple of hours' journey because the boat is big enough. You just put the horses on it. Sweet. Shiny. Corwin has a plus five to his profession sailor, so he gets you back to Lakeview, no problem. You pull the boat up outside his house. Cool. He climbs out. Aye. You know, lad, every time I go out with you, we fight a giant, we fight another bloody giant monster. Ah, oh, twitch your belly aching. That one barely touched us. You killed it, you, you killed it in a couple of, you, you killed it in a, uh, barely a minute. Belly aching? Did I say I was complaining? A beat's going out shopping for dresses or whatever it is you do with Lord Fancy Pants. <laughs> well, I do try and save. I admit I try and save all the places I think I've got giant monsters in for when I'm taking you out as opposed to him. Oh, good lad. I don't do, a hundred pu- I don't do th- uh, 300 push-ups a day for nothing, you know. <laughs> uh, well, I think we've got everything we need now. It's just a question of making a plan. And I'm not bothering to get you to roll fortitude saves for the not sleeping because you'll be able to pull it off without passing out easily and it doesn't matter if you get fatigued because there's yeah. nothing to find. Yeah, that's fine. So, um, could you hand me the player's handbook, please? Well, I could. I can have you a brand new shiny gold-leafed copy of it. A poorly trimmed. <laughs> poorly trimmed, yes. Well done, Wizards of the Coast. You suck. <laughs> no, this is going to be easier if I just ask you the question. Um, I'm looking into potentially purchasing a scroll or something, and I want to start by um, looking up the the spell to see what it actually does. Yeah. Um, what I'm looking for is the one that protects against scrying, but I can't remember what it's called. Uh, there's a couple. I think what you're looking for might be non-detection. Yeah, that's what I'm looking for. I just, without being able to remember the preceding letter. Uh, non-detection prevents your location by magic items such as... Right, if a divination is attempted against you, they have to succeed at a caster level check. Yeah. Um, what I'm looking for is, like, shielding a conference room from somebody scrying on it for a temporary period. Yeah, so that's the pussy version. The harder version is... Uh, the the better one is something called false vision. Uh, right. Any scrying spell used to view the area instead receives a false image, as defined by you. Yeah. Uh, the duration lasts for an hour per level, so copious hours. Yeah. That's kind of awesome. Yeah, I, I see exactly what you're going for. You could get it permanent on your conference room. I wasn't actually thinking of getting it permanent. No, that would be expensive, but it, quite doable. Yeah. Yeah, um, okay, so how much would it be to get a, um... Fifth level scroll? Fifth level scroll. Uh, it's not hilariously expensive, um... And both Tristan and Michaela could cast that for you. Sweet. With these. Uh, 1,125. Cool. Easy peasy. And that would give you uh, 10 hours of false vision. Sweet. Which is probably copious more than you'd ever want. Yeah. Um. I will 
purchase one. As long as the duration lasts, whoever is casting it can change the image to show whatever they want, and there is no save against it. So Sweet. there is nothing Vortify can do to penetrate that unless he has a super artifact divination. Toss me a calculator if you'd be so good. On the other hand, you do actually think he has a super artifact of some kind. Yeah, yeah, but um, if he can scry past my best anti-scrying spell, there's only so much I can do about this. I'm just trying to make it a little harder for him. I wonder if he can. I mean, among other things, he has to be scrying me at this time anyway. I just want to... Yeah, so my only restriction on that is that you'll need to basically undergo a kingdom turn to get the scroll. Yeah, not Because problem. it's not just um, effortlessly available to you. Yeah. So, um, yes, um, so, um, I'll give you an idea of where I'm at broadly. Yep. Um, without, no, necessarily. So, Kalen's plan at this point is that he now believes he has what he needs to have to fight Vordekai. Yep. And he is inclined to make an attempt at doing so. Yep. Like, while he could continue to explore places and try and find more artifacts to assist in the fight against him, Vordekai could continue to, you know, send soul eaters and zombie armies and shit against him too. It's a... Yep. Um, so... His plan is to, Kaelin's plan is to have a kingdom turn and, which will give him the opportunity to get the scroll, um, engage in the purchase of basically this is what he's been saving his money for, anything he can think of that will help. Yeah. Discuss with his party who's going in, make plans, just advise people in the kingdom in case he's not coming back out. Yep. All that kind of thing. And he's going to. His discussion about this is going to take place in a conference to which he is planning to invite in Cora Silverfire. Yep, at, at which point he's going to make the complete, this is how we're going to stop Vordekai five-point plan. Yep. And rather than having a big, long, loud tactical conference about how to defeat Vordekai, which Vordekai can listen into the whole thing of and hear about all our tactics and what we're going to do and when we're coming and shit. It's really not stupid. He's going to put up a... Like, basically, he's going to go see Umbleweed and ask him a series of extremely dumb questions until he gets to the point where Umbleweed can tell him what it is that he's looking for. Yeah. But, um... Basically, because false vision is actually a really good choice for it, because Kale and his counsellors have a 10-hour council meeting about crop rotation and the importance of turnips. Plus, given it's, if we get Michaela to cast the spell, no doubt she can do a really nice, you know, in-depth political conversation about something that's widely important and yet... Yeah. So that's where I'm heading for. Yep. All makes perfect sense. Yep. So, um, I'm not necessarily... I mean, it's 9.40 now... Um, we can, you know, have a kingdom turn and then leave it there, or just leave it there. Yeah. I don't necessarily want to do all the Vordekai prep, I just... I'm it's... perfectly happy to keep going or stop, or whatever it is you want. Yep. It's not exactly late, so... Yep, alright, well, um, let's have a swing at the kingdom turn. Okay. And then I think probably leave it there. I suppose you would like kingdom sheets for that, then? I would like kingdom sheets for that. I'll rub off my smite. I've no longer used both my smites. Yeah. I smited that eleven source. I smited it good. Yeah, I didn't even bother taking off corn spells. <laughs> yeah, it's, um, 
It was. I, I was expecting it to be a bit more brutal. Yeah. Although Corwin is is good. Yeah. The the uh, the guardian of the deep has diminished substantively. <laughs> You see, I did down for given there's only two of us. No, no, no. Its purpose is um, its purpose is kind of lost to history, so it doesn't do anything anymore. Ah, uh, right. Yeah. Um, my plan is to tell Cora about it, given that I didn't apparently permanently kill it. Mm-hmm. When you know when she gets it. Yeah. All right. Here's my kingdom sheet. First, you must face your greatest test of your rulership: ruling stability. Yeah. But you pass. Unless you roll a one. Yeah. Yes, I, I, I'm endeavouring to increase the size of my kingdom. It's just I'm also doing, building buildings. You're doing fine. Alright. Um, okay, I lose my point of unrest. Okay. Um, I'm going to, I believe, gain another one in, in the near future because I'm going to be screwing around with my um, council. Council. Yep. Yep, but that's fine. That's not yet. Um, so, and I have... 24 plus 8 <laughs> That is ridiculously high for after a turn where I spent every penny in the kingdom. Yep, okay, so pay consumption? Yep. Uh, then it's vacant magical items? Ah, yes. Now, we had discussed previously out of the game that you no longer care about your minor magic items? Yep, I no longer care about my minor magic items. Okay, so at a later point I will go through and um, work out how many... Well, to be honest, I can probably work it out now. How many minor magic item slots do you have in your kingdom, period? Uh, uh, if that's too hard. No, 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 I can find that out. Um, I have um, four in Lakeview, four in Alk's Rest, and I believe it's three in Thornwatch, but I can actually find the kingdom sheet. Yep, four in Lakeview, four in Alk's Rest, three in Thornwatch. Okay, so that's... I'm just looking up the buildings that are generating them for you and what they're giving you and how much that's worth relative to other things. So I will give you one for every two, basically. So you've got, what, eight, eleven? Eleven. So that is netting you a five and a half, plus five and a half bonus to your economy. Cool. Okay. I think that will work. So that might be a little over generous. Yeah, what about one for every three, maybe? Yeah, I think so. That sounds a bit more reasonable. So, 11 divided by three is... Uh... Three and two-thirds. Yep, so three, po- three points to the economy. Yep. And you'll need to keep track of okay, the two-thirds, because then when you generate another building... Then I can get another one. Cool. All right, so I get a plus three bonus to my economy. No more minor magic and you do not receive a potion of protection from chaos. And I'm heartbroken. Hey, there, there was some really good stuff on here that was coming up. There was, um... Okay, you probably didn't want the scroll of purify food and drink. Correct, I didn't. There was a plus one amulet of natural armor. Yep, which is a nice item. And a plus one short sword, which is a nice item that no one would have wanted. Yeah. Yes, that's right. And um, we've got two medium slots, one of which has a wand of fireball and one of which is empty. Because it didn't replenish last turn because Umberweed's Tower is the thing that's generating the medium magic item slot and it was broken and thus not doing so. Yep, and you've got your um, kingdom um, max value on there, haven't you? Uh, Yes, it's... um, 
wrote it down. Um, yeah, I've got um, uh, 17... 17,000. 17,000, okay. So yep. Pass that one, pass that one, pass that one. Uh, and it says, I've made this thing for you. I'm, I'm not quite sure what it does. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's called a Rod of the Python. And even the GM has no idea what this does. A shocking gap in my um, mm-hmm. my knowledge of Dungeons and Dragons, I'm sure you'll agree. But then it's a rod, so... Yeah, yeah. Uh, hey, some of the rods are awesome, they're just not something I'm very familiar with. Okay, this... Yeah, okay. This is not one of the awesome ones, is it? Uh, it's considered to be a plus one, a plus one, plus one quarter staff. Yeah. Both ends enchanted. If you throw it to the ground, it turns into a giant constrictor snake that obeys all your commands. Yep. That's it? That's what it does. It's a magic quarter stuff that turns into a snake. Okay. There's nothing actually inherently wrong with it. It's no. just not for you. No, does does anybody no. want... No, I no nobody's going to pay $7,500 for a magic quarter stuff that turns into a snake. Yeah, that's kind of what I thought. But if you had a snake-themed guy, he'd, yep. he'd be all over that shit. Yep. Okay, that's cool. I'll, I'll, um, I then get to clearing magic items, and I will clear the rod of the python. Yep. Leaving the fireball wand sitting there at its slightly more useful yeah. than its friend. I, I actually think that's really priced for what it is because it's two yeah. plus one weapons. Yeah. Because both ends are the quarter staff and a magic python that does whatever you tell me. Yeah. So it's a thing. Yep. Nonetheless. And um, we find a snake, we signed a snake themed guy to purchase yep. it. He's just not a member of my family. Uppleweed offers this to you, you don't want it. And he says, Well, I found this vizier going past who seemed really interested in the snake themed stuff. Don't worry, he said to me. Everything will be fine. Yep. Well, that is that is so much easier magic item tracking. Okay. Uh, assign leadership. Uh, yes, and I will do so. You reinstall first. I reinstall first. Yep. It has no Nothing effect. Changes. On, it has no effect on my stats whatsoever, but yep. I get a point of unrest for the um the pro yep. Kundal team. People complain that Kundal was better because he was a person. Other people point out that Kundal was a werewolf. Yeah, and um, you know, some guys say what if first breaks again? Yeah, you know, he, he's he's unreliable. Other people claim he's incapable of the position owing to mental disease or defect. Yeah. But there's only a few people complaining, so it's not really yeah. that big a thing. Clamored abandoned hexes, build terrain, build settlements. Yep. Go and play on your DS gear. Yep, that's the one. That's also create army units. Yeah, I know. They, um, that's what I'm all about. I'm going to dig through and find all my secret army notes. Okay, so I have a question for you right off the bat before you get too settled in with the DS. Yep. So, you tells me I could buy a my army up to a larger size for the cost of difference between the size it currently is and the guys I'm adding. Yep. Um, could I, given that my armies have stuff, yep. could I buy stuff for the bigger army up to the difference of the cost, like say I want to buy masterwork weapons for my new bigger cobalt, well, masterwork armor. And pay the difference between that and your the, existing size army? Yes, yes you could. Cool. Uh, if, if the difference is so insignificant that it doesn't... Um, round up to a build point, then you end up paying it to the closest build point, effectively. Yeah. Um, and um, you can't transfer tactics like that. Yeah, I know, I know that you, the... The 200 the guys that know how to do this can't train the other yeah. thousand. Yeah, but I figured if they've all got Masterwork Armor, I can pay Masterwork... I can just yep. buy Masterwork Armor for the new guys. Yep, makes all kinds of sense. Cool. Alrighty. 
Okay, so um, I wish to consult you on this. Um, so Jason's bowmen is a bowmen are a large army of warriors. Yeah. I wish to upgrade them to a huge army of um, uh, fighters. Three. Yep. Keep in mind, I probably can't answer your question without looking at the. Yep. The... So you have that back. Um, and you want to know what the cost difference is? I want to know what the cost difference is. So first off, um, if I'm upgrading it with an army of better guys, am I, do I need to buy the? I, I presume I need to pay the full cost of the huge army. Um, I, as in, you can't turn your warrior threes into fighter twos. Yeah, that's the. I, but I, but I get confused. I've got you gave me stats for a huge army of fighter threes. That's what I want. I just don't know if Keston's bowmen do me any good as a large force as the nucleus for that, or if I just need to flat out buy the buy the huge army. Uh, you would need to buy the huge army in that case if you're changing the the base stats of the creatures in them. Yeah, because. It, it wouldn't so much be in this case that you get rid of all of Kestin's bowmen and then bring in a whole bunch of third-level fighters. Yeah. So much as you devote the cost to heavily training Kestin's bowmen, bringing yeah. in, you know, there's the one guy in the army who's a fighter five who trains the others up. Yeah, I I devote a lot of energy into training them and also at, at the nucleus of my force, and then I recruit some new, really well-trained guys. Yes. Yep, Okay. Um, so this will lose me my false retreat and defensive wall tactics. Yep. And I will need to pay the full cost of a huge army. So could you tell me the full cost of a huge army? Uh, I believe it's just consumption to buy the new army. Yeah, they have a consumption of two. Um, building them costs their consumption BP and takes a month, so yes. Uh, the... You told me a huge army of fighter three had a consumption of three. Okay, right. I've got the huge army of warrior threes here, so the consumption must be higher because they see ours higher. Right. Yeah. And therefore, they eat more. Yeah. I think they more expensive you, weapons. You, I think you pay them more. Yeah. I mean, consumption bill points are money as well as other things. Sweet. So that is bugger all money to buy them. And then, yeah, the thing is, building an army is relatively cheap. It's keeping it. It's, yeah, it's expensive. And then I purchase um, the resources, alchemical supplies, and ranged weapons for a huge army, and then subtract cost for a large army. Yep. Three bill points. Have you got that under control, or are you asking me? I, I am asking you to look up the right. So. That's general alchemical supplies. Yep. Uh, three build points times huge, so that's 12 build points. Yep. Um, so 12 build points minus the cost of that for a large army. Uh, minus six, so six build points total. Sweet. Okay, six build points for that. And what's the next one? Uh, ranged weapons. Uh, so that will be... Uh, that will cost you four extra bill points total. For the boat. Yep. Yep, so okay. It's eight for a huge army, then half. Yep. Again. Cool, that's fine. At which point I now have enough information to um, continue doing my pondering. I just wanted okay. to help with that bit because I struggle with the army. So, um, claim, taking the turn in order. Yep. Claim hexes. I claim... Um, 
uh, what is it? D uh, D eleven. Yep. Um, and um, is there anything of note I need to look up in it? Um, it had the Mervon Villa, the Mervon Villa, stray Mervon village in it. So right. No, I don't think so. It's a random grassland hex at the bottom of the map. Yeah, yeah. The theory was if you built another town on there, in a semi-rapid um, theory, theory uh, semi-rapid time, there might be some discounts. Yeah. But um, I believe that's a, a you're not building a town, no. you're merely claiming it, and b that's I think the time is passing. Passing. Yeah. And then um, I'm also claiming um, uh, F1. F1? Another random grassland. That's one of the ones that has the Broomboy Road in it. Yep. Um, yes, so I claim both of them. I build farms in both of them. Yep. So it is remarkably cheap because they are both grassland hexes. Yep. Um, and then I increase Keston's bowmen from a large army to a huge army of significantly better trained guys. Yep. When you claim the one that actually has um, Broomboy road in it that will basically send you um, you know some sort of basically minor notifications and treaties saying that um, effectively you know well it's now your responsibility to keep the road free of bandits you know they want uh, unfettered access to it yeah yeah absolutely so travellers and all the rest of it which doesn't none of which surprises you or alarms you in any way yeah it's not new anyway I already claimed yes. e- e- E1 so okay so it's effectively there's no new paperwork it's just yeah. a continuation of your existing treaty with them yeah yeah the yeah. deal is when we claimed our first hex they said stuff rolls along road is you know kind of our road and we went yeah sure it's yep. your road but it's our hex yep all good yep so, so you are expanding Keston's Bowman, they're yes. becoming gigantic size. Yes, so they go up to a huge slot. They still, I'm still stationing them in the same garrison, which is big enough for a, has space for a much bigger army. Yep, but they are significantly re- they are significantly retrained and um, expanded to a much larger force. Yes, well, you're increasing them um, by a substantive fold there, aren't you? Uh, I jumped the CR from a three to a seven. <laughs> yep, and, uh, more um, than doubled their hit points. More than and you have more than doubled the army. You've gone from a two hundred man one to a five hundred man army. Yeah, and, and a five hundred man army of better trained guys. Yep. Because uh, this is now the best army I can field. Because yep. I can't field a, a bigger army of better trained guys yep, yep. than this. Hard to argue with. Yep. So um, yeah. So the bowmen are substantively upgraded, and we buy all the, while the new guys don't the. Things that they'd worked out in previous battles kind of go by the board, as a team, kind of go by the board with all the new guys on hand. Yep. They do retain their signature collection of um, weird alchemical crap and bows as we buy those for all the new guys as well. Yep. My army is more badass. Yep. And that's what I do. That is a pretty substantive portion of all my build points. Yeah. And... Yeah, the pattern about the whole, you know, the kingdom was recently invaded and now we're massively upgrading the army is is, is discernible. Then you're on to collect taxes. Yes. And kingdom events. I make my economy check. I'm getting down to the point where I would actually have to check for loyalty. I am actually over the DC on loyalty. And then you're on to uh, the string of kingdom events? Yes. Okay, so... Simplest one first. Um, do you want to uh, send anyone to deal with the centaurs to increase your trust with them? I do not. Okay. I'm content with that. However, we, I do send a message inviting a core silver fire which, here which for will, a conference with any guards you want. Which will unsurprisingly be accepted. Yeah. Um, her and Deneed will both be attending. Sweet. Um, 
and you know probably a small party of other people given that that's their two major leaders yeah yeah that's 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 the idea as many bodyguards as they want Um, although you know Sorry, fuckers who ambushed need, and I imagine Akora can account it itself, but nonetheless. You actually, are... You've actually never seen Akora do anything, although no. she does travel, um, basically all the centaurs are a lot of proficient. I would expect her not to be particularly badass in a melee, but I imagine she brings some respective clerical hoff to the table. But I do really think anybody ambushing need is going to have, much like ambushing Bryn, you would want to bring a lot of guys. <laughs> I'm curious about something now. Uh, devils. Demons. Dark Nathans. Centaurs. Yes, centaurs use longbows. But you can't, well mounted. Yeah, yeah. But, but centaurs can. But yeah, but... Centaur magic. Well, it makes sense because the, the centaur body is at the front. Yes. And yeah. the horse is at the back. Yeah. Whereas you are sitting on the horse With trying the horse to pull your... Yeah, in the line. middle of it, trying yeah. to build your... Um, I mean, they would no doubt say it's the same deal as, you know, it, it's just, they're just superior to a guy riding a horse. It does make a certain kind of sense. As long as you're not trying to do shit like, you know, swim or climb mountains. Um, Alright, so that... But happens. much like more Oberon, they're superior to humans in the ways in which they are, and the rest the other ways don't count. <laughs> uh, secondly, um, you will receive a letter... Um, from Sir Frederick March of Brevoy, the paladin of Aristil, who previously came to arrest Acheron. Ah, uh, yes. Yes? Um, he has sent you a letter stating that um, contacts amongst the Church of Phrasma have learned from their sources and divinations that um, there is necromantic, uh, that effectively there's necromantic activity going on in your area. Duh. Yeah, that, that's brilliant. We would never have figured that yeah. out, out ourselves from the army um, of freaking zombies. <laughs> specifically, they suspect that a necromancer from Brevoy has escaped into, has escaped their justice into your kingdom and is hiding out there somewhere. Right, yeah. Which, dr- because necrom- necromancy stuff is showing up in your kingdom. It's not that he's causing it, it's he's going there because your kingdom is now rich in, you know, corpses and necromancy. Right, yeah. Um... Uh, so Frederick is requesting your permission to come and investigate this and bring this man to justice. Yeah. Um, and basically says that um, he will make no attempts to, you know, on, on his honour, he will make no attempts to arrest Akaros. This is an entirely unrelated matter. Yeah. Um, will you permit him into your kingdom? Among other things, um, you will be well aware he's coming in with a bunch of hunters of Phrasma. Um, he's a, a paladin of Aristotle, yeah. um, but but a fairly substantively good one, yeah. supposedly. So that, that's presumably why they want his help. Um, you theoretically have the right to refuse him. You actually don't have the right to refuse the, the Hunts of Phrasma. It's in your charter. The, they, the they gave you build points at the start the to devils. say that you wouldn't interfere with their holy mission to hunt down necromancers and undead. Yeah. And I don't have a problem with the parasol. I mean, obviously, Frederick and I had that little disagreement over the whole Akros business, yeah. but I have no quarrel with him. So, you know, I'm also not a big fan of yeah. necromancers. We've got yeah. quite enough. Effectively, with you're that getting already. a runner a couple of days out to say, "Well, we're actually already coming, whether you give us permission or not." But you can turn me away at the city wall. Yeah, yeah. No. So, um, I will send a very polite letter to Sir Frederick saying, um, "I appreciate his assurances, and he's welcome to come in." But I'd also appreciate a report on what happens with the guy and. 
if he could let us yep. know if he or the order need any help because we yep. really want the, don't want and, these kind of people getting away. And, and in fact, this is not actually twaffle because you do get a bunch of low-level zombies and undead and things rising around Elk's Rest. Yeah. Uh, you have built a graveyard? Yes. You? Okay, so can you give me a stability check and a mere minus five then? How much damage these roaming, this roaming necromancer does before someone gets him? Ooh, crit fumble. Okay. Um, so I believe I automatically fail the stability check, regardless of whether I can otherwise make it. That that is correct. So I would like to say, given that it's Elk's Rest and Elk, uh, no, sorry, it was Lakeview with the zombie army attack, but that's only a few hexes south. Yeah. You know, he he kind of finds, you know, because those giant, bo- you know, when you kill a giant cyclops zombie, there's lots of bones left lying yeah. around, and he kind of has extra nerd-paramatic so power to draw on. Your city is, by no stretch of the imagination, swept away by a plague of the undead or yeah. of the sword. What it is, is it's a string of isolated incidents, yeah. and this necromancer keeps low to the ground. He's not yeah. found out in the street with his horde going, ha ha, die yeah. you fools, like a comic book villain. Yeah. Um... So this goes on for a while before he gets goth. Yeah. Um, and he does indeed get goth. Yeah. Um, however, your people panic kind of unduly about this because it's actually a separate and unrelated incident to Bordecai, but they're pretty convinced that he must be within the walls animating their loved ones yeah. to climb out of their grave. Yeah, yeah. The, um, my citizenry are justifiably a bit twitchy about the zombie thing, it being uh, a meager two months since the zombie army. Having failed the stability check, your unrest increases by four. Ugh. Okay, that's a bit yeah, savage. People panic. Yeah. Hmm? Alright, I will have to do something about that future. So that is an incident that occurs. Um, well, unfortunately I can't do anything about it this turn. So Frederick March will eventually bring the guy to yep. justice at sword point, effectively. Um, you receive word from your allies in the of the Norman Centaurs yep. that D9 has fallen to the Blight. Yep. Yes, it was, um, it was kind of inevitable. (laughs) Yep. Um, and that another army of zombie cyclopses is marching on your kingdom again. Oh, fuck. (laughs) I didn't leave, um, I'm glad I'm not fucking around anymore about, um, okay, well, bright side... (laughs) The, um, that was an excellent turn to um, upgrade. Wait, is that soon enough? Do yes. I? Sweet. Um, it's you. You can't do it in response to the Kingdom events. Yeah, but, but I... because the Kingdom events happen nebulously across the month, and yeah. your army appears ready at some. It's one of those things like you know you go oh they're coming and Keston says well I haven't got all my men trained yet but we'll do the best we can. Dad. Yeah. Okay. Yes. So there's an army battle to have. Yep, yep, okay. <laughs> and then there's another Kingdom event at the end of that. Right, yes. Or, or beforehand, depending on which order you want to have them in. Uh, alright, so, zombie army, zombie necromancers, zombie army. I can see why the people are feeling a bit fatigued about, in fact, given that these things are happening more or less simultaneously, yep. it's entirely possible, you know, people hear that there's a zombie army coming and then zombies and they're like, oh god, it's already here! (laughs) 
So you can have an army battle, you can have the other event, or you can um, you can have the other big event, you can have the other little event, or you can leave it be. <laughs> uh, how difficult is it going to be for you to keep track of the other events if we... Um... Not very. Oh, yeah. Um, at this point, I would like to leave it be because um, by the time we have the army battle and then talk afterwards and stuff, it's going to be quite late. Okay, well, let us do the little one first yep. then. Um, so, at some point in your preparations, um, you are having a meeting with Agash, who is the dwarven midwife to Bryn. Ah, yes. Um, and she. Because Kalen seems substantively interested in this, so I imagine he's going to the midwife. Yeah, yeah. Kalen is in fact deeply interested in this and wants to turn up to everything unless Bryn actually flat out says that she doesn't want him to come. You are father of cups. You help too. (laughs) So Bryn's actually very enthusiastic about getting involved. Excellent. Because she doesn't have any societal expectation that she as the woman will raise the kids. Yeah. It's we will raise them as a pack. Excellent. You are alpha. They are your cubs. Mm-hmm. They are your cub, brother. See? Well, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, no, I know what you mean. Um, anyway, um, Agash will sort of poke her in the stomach, you know, ask how she's feeling. Brent, of course, is feeling fine. Yeah. She has pretty much plowed through a morning sickness without blinking. She yeah. gets up, she throws up, she keeps going. Yeah. <laughs> her fortitude save is vastly higher than your average commoners. Yeah. Uh, and, in fact, um, I believe... I'll have to check my players on this. Uh, Yeah, no. Bryn does not contract morning sickness. She is immune to all diseases. Oh, sweet. She's got the, um... She she has the, the monk ability that you get at, like, seventh, sixth or seventh monk. Right, level. sweet. Of purity of body or something. Sweet. That means it, it's literally she's too hardcore to suffer morning sickness. Damn. Well, all you had to do was gain seven levels of monk. Uh, yeah. I'd be totally up for it. Yeah. You could punch through walls and yeah. stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Instead, you picked computer programmer, skill-focused computer programming. Yeah. What What's that gonna good? That gonna do us when the zombie horde comes, huh? Not a lot, but it did pay off the mortgage on the house. I suppose. <laughs> um, so Agash pokes her in the tummy, asks how she's doing, yeah. feeds her a couple of herbs, that sort of thing, and you know, waves her, checks her, and says, "Ah, well, that answers one question. I didn't want to be worrying you, but." The babe seemed a little. The babe seemed a little small. The babe seemed a little heavy the last time. Well, I've got good news and bad news for you. There's nothing you need to worry about with the weight. The other part of the news is, how do you feel about having twins? Kellen doesn't quite pass out on the meeting room floor, but um, he chuckle growls. He goes slightly pallid from a bloody hell. Should have expected. Wolves have litters. I, I... Well, you're not actually a wolf, lass. Hmm. Oh, whatever. <laughs> She's just, the midwife's just completely late. Yeah, I love the midwife. She's so great. <laughs> I'm not going to put her on the council because, you know, there's <laughs> <some> history. <laughs> Let's have another midwife on the council. 
Well, I mean, we've really got to get over the woman midwives, you know, grouchy woman stuff. You know, I mean, just because there's a woman there doesn't mean they're going to be a cultist of Gairona. But I'm going to give it some time. But she is awesome. And, you know, I'm sure Corwin could go for another dwarf on the council. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, yes, it's... So, Kaelin will, you know, stagger slightly, swear, fair much from her, and then... I guess that's... That's... It's not so bad, is it? I mean, they'll have to, they'll have each other to play with in that. I I find it's... I've I, I found with my wee barns that it's often quite, it's often quite good to have them playing together. I mean, it keeps them from getting under your feet. Oh, well... Good stuff, love. you. <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong, it's a hell of a lot of work to start with, building them up to the point they can play together. But then I didn't have a I didn't have a castle and that sort of thing when I did, when I when I had me on wheel ones. Oh, it's got. I'm a, sure you'll have all the help you could want. Uh, it's 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 got its advantages and disadvantages, but this will be a plus. Milk them together, raise them strong, teach them to fight each other <laughs> for practice. Mm-hmm. Shiny. Well, depending on what the weons are, and of no real way of knowing that until well, no real way of knowing that until they come shooting out. Mm-hmm. Uh, it could take it could take a little shorter than I expected. They'd be twins, or it could take a little longer. My guess would be expect to see them somewhere around the end of spring, start the summer, Gosling no or business. So, um, how far? What season? What uh, month? You are now? in Rover, so that would be eight or nine months from now. Yeah. Giving her about a ten or eleven month um, pregnancy. Yeah. And Agash will explain basically. You know, with twins, you would expect them to generally be smaller. It would be a harder birth. Well, it's just, <laughs> it'll be a harder birth than regular. Well, give me a don't even get morning sick. I don't think you'll have much to worry about. <laughs> like if anyone's going to die in childbirth in medieval times, it ain't going to be Bryn. Yeah, <laughs> she's she's ridiculously too hardcore for that. Yeah. Well, I'll leave you to it. Well, as far as I can tell, the weans are all healthy, and you seem to be one of the best patients I've ever had. So I'll leave you to it then. Good luck to you. Thanks, Agash. Yeah, <clears throat> Cubs. Shiny. Caitlin will take Brent out for a nice dinner. <laughs> so yes. Cubs! Yeah. You have multiples. Oh my gosh, twins! Yeah, I've actually referred to them as, because I knew this the whole time, I've referred to them as cubs repeatedly, inadvertently. Yeah, but I didn't notice because Brynn yeah. was just talking, I mean, Brynn yeah. was talking about us having cubs, yeah. but you know, that's how she thinks of no, it, the you, plural tense. You, you are having twins. Um, a gash will explain it is entirely possible they will be different species, given the combination of human, orc, and half-elf and elf in there. Weird. Like it would be really possible to have one human, one human twin, one half elf one. Yeah. Obviously, they won't be identical in that yeah, case. Yeah. But you'll get some combination of half elf, half orc, or human. And they could be identical or non-identical. And if they're non-identical, they could be different species. Correct. Weird. And she, she doesn't. But awesome. And she doesn't have an ultrasound or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. There's no capacity. Like kind of in, in my head, you know, what she has are like some minor cantrips that can do stuff like detect baby health and things. Yeah, that makes sense to me. I've never been big on those, that spell list. Is all there are. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's not exactly the kind of thing you take on your regular adventuring day. Yeah. Okay. So that is your little event. Yes. 
and then there is an army attacking, and then a big one. Yes. yes so I think we'll, um, the, the zombie atta- another zombie army attacking seems like a good cliffhanger to close yep, yep. out another on. Another zombie army is shambling towards your kingdom. How many of these things does he have? Like, why does he not deploy them all, why did he not deploy them all in one go? Uh, you're assuming that he's got them all just sitting there, and he's not having to actually build them. Oh, right, so he's, like, potentially constructing the zombies. He's building them in a very different way to how you build and train your army, but it's effectively animate dead. Animate okay. dead. Animate dead. So they so often I can do this in a day. Animate dead. <laughs> Alright, now you buggers will stand over there while I, re- I regenerate my spells. Alright, so we will leave that be then. Yep. Dum, 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 dum. dum.